Hey guys, good morning, good morning. Yeah. Felt the spirit right there. <laughs> hey, can we acknowledge something real quick? That video was weird, right? All right, so that video is a little weird. And here is my hope that by the time we leave today, you understand what it is you just saw. Because some of you are going, well, I'm never going to get that minute of my life back. But, uh, but that'll make sense, and I don't care. It don't matter to me whether I have to preach one hour or two or ten. We'll get it, all right? No, y'all care. We're going to do it. We're going to do it quick. Well, guys, uh, my name, as Pastor Andy said, my name is Andrew, and uh, I have the privilege of pastoring the Mount Olive location, and we're doing some rotating, but I've got some good news for you, and that is Pastor Jim will be back next Sunday, and uh, so he'll be back, and, and things will kind of be back to normal, and I just want to acknowledge something real quick, and that is that you guys, I, I don't know if you know it, you know, sometimes when you're blessed, and you're just so consistently blessed, it it just kind of goes by the wayside and you don't even think about it anymore. But you are so blessed to have Pastor Jim as your pastor. I'm telling you, as someone, yeah, let's, let's give it up for Pastor Jim. Show honor where honor's due. And he's just an incredible man of God. And I want to say uh, how much he's helped me. He's an incredible leader. And uh, he's helped me be a better pastor and leader. So I'm very, very grateful for Pastor Jim. Well, guys, uh, I am, uh, I'm glad to be here today, but I'm glad also to be back in North Carolina. Um, this past week, I was in Kentucky, and uh, here's what I need you to understand. I'm really trying to hold on to this preaching job I got, because I won't made for that kind of work all the time, all right? We worked, but it was good, and uh, God blessed, and, and there's so much I could say. I was trying to think, how can I condense this down just in a really quick version, and, and the truth is I can't. I mean, all the things that God did up there on that mountain, all the things that we saw, I mean, even to the point that we were leaving yesterday, we're pulling out, and we stop at the coffee shop, and in the last 10 minutes that we're there, boom. Another God story, another opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so, uh, again, I don't even have time to tell all those stories today. But, uh, but, but thank you, because there's a lot of people. We're for, I, I think Pastor Andy did this. I couldn't hear real well back there. Where are all my Kentucky people at? Let me hear from you. Yeah, yeah. That is good. That was a whole lot better than it was yesterday at the departure prayer, Okay. You've had a night of sleep in your own beds because yesterday it was like, go Jesus. It was a little, it was a little wimpy, but, uh, but we're glad to be back and, and God has done some amazing things. And so anyway, all of you are a part of that, by the way. I, I know maybe you're not wearing an orange shirt. Maybe you didn't go, but with your prayers and with your giving and with the school supplies that you gave, each and every one of you were a part of that. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. And I want to encourage you. Yeah, you can hand, give yourselves a hand clap right there. All right, I need to get into the sermon. We got to go because I got a lot I want to cover with you. Let me ask you this question. How many of you have ever had your day just derailed? Let me see some hands. You started off the day with a plan, and by lunchtime, 
the plan was shot, okay? You went into work with an agenda, and then someone came into your office, and it was very clear they did not have an agenda, right? And, and so your day gets derailed. I want to tell you about a time when this happened to me. It was, it was actually a couple months ago, and... Uh, just, there was a lot going on in my life at that particular time. Uh, some of you know this, some of you don't. My wife is pregnant, and so, uh, and, and so there was a honey-do list that is kind of growing. So a couple months ago, I was knocking out all the honey-do list items, and then a funeral came up as a part of the church that I, it was an out-of-town funeral, so I went and preached that funeral out of town and came back. And it's Wednesday night, and I'm telling my wife, I said, I have got to spend some time with my sermon tomorrow because Sunday is coming, and I need to get in the office. And I, I, I'm a planner, so if it's Thursday and, and we're still kind of in flux with the sermon, uh, I just don't do well with that. And so I, I told her, I got it. And, and so I go and drop off my kids at school that morning, and then about an hour later, I get the call. Come on, all you parents know what call I'm talking about. Bring, bring. And you look down, and there is your kid's school calling you. Oh, no. You know why there is that sense of dread that comes over you when you see that number on your phone? Because never once have I gotten this call. Uh, hey, is this Mr. Price? Yeah, we're here in the office with your son. Uh, handsome little guy, chip off the old block. <laughs> He's polite, kind, thoughtful, smart. He's just doing a great job, and we just wanted to call you and tell you how well things are going here today. <laughs> I've not gotten that call, have you? <laughs> when I get a call from the kid's school, it is something to the effect of, yeah, he's throwing up everywhere. You're going to need to get on down here. Yeah, he's got a temperature. Oh, yeah, you had a plan today. There was something real important you're doing. Doesn't matter. Come get your kid. <laughs> and it is in that moment when you get that call. Oh, day derailed. Now, let me quickly say there are some of my children's teachers in this place, and so I am in no way complaining about you or the school. <laughs> and I just feel the need to make sure that that is on the record. Our day gets derailed in a lot of different ways. Today, if you have your Bibles, we're going to open up to 1 Samuel chapter 9. 1 Samuel chapter 9. And we're going to talk about a gentleman whose day got derailed. So that's where we're going to be, 1 Samuel chapter 9. As you're opening there, let me tell you... Uh, What's going on in the chapter before? So in chapter 8, the nation of Israel is crying out to God, we want a king. We want a king. Everybody else has a king. They're looking around and they're like, God, this nation has a king and that nation has a king. And we want a king. And, and what was unique about Israel at that particular point in time is that they were governed by what's called theocratic rule. And so here's what that meant. That meant that theo, God, like theology is the study of God. Theocratic means that God is the one who heads up the government. It don't get no better than that. 
It doesn't get any better than that. But these people, these Israelites, they're looking around and they're going, man, everybody else has a king. Everybody else has monocratic rule. Mono meaning one. So everybody else has monocratic rule. That's what we want. And so God, in chapter 8, he is telling the people of Israel, he's like, hey, listen, I know, I know you think that's going to be a good deal. Trust me, it's not. Let, let me explain to you what that's going to mean. If, if, if you have a king, here's what he's going to do. He's going to take your sons, and they're going to man his horses, and they're going to man his chariots. Not your own. They're not going to be getting the family farm right. They're going to be working at his farm, in his stables. He's going to take your daughters, and they're going to have to go work in his palace as perfumers, as cooks, as, as bakers. They're going to have to serve him. He's going to take your sons and he's going to enlist them into military service. And then if someone makes him mad, he is going to start a war. And, and it may not even be a just war. But next thing you know, your sons will be in war. Why? Because that's the price you pay for having a king. And as if all that weren't bad enough, here's the other thing that having a king means. Having a king, me, king means that he's going to take 10% of everything you have. He's going to take 10% of your flocks, 10% of your wealth, 10% of the things you have. He's going to take that for his royal treasury. Guys, this is not a good deal. And so God kind of lays it all out there through the prophet Samuel. And he says, okay, so, so, so this isn't a good deal. And yet at the end of that, here was what the nation of Israel said. We want a king. We want a king. I think if 1 Samuel chapter 8 could give us any lesson, it would be this. Be careful what you ask for. Be careful what you ask for. I know your neighbor's got this. I know that guy at work has that. I, I know there are some people around you that have some things and you think, oh man, if I could only, or I'm going to work, if that could be mine. Hear me? Be careful what you ask for, because you just might get it. And this was not God's perfect will, but God said, okay, if you're that dead set on this, I'll let you do it. It wasn't God's perfect will, but it was God's permissive will. He said, okay, I'll permit it to happen. I'll allow you to do this. Be careful what you ask for. So all of that is kind of the setup now to chapter nine, and we're gonna begin reading in verse one. There was a Benjamite, a man of standing, whose name was Kish, son of Abiel. Kish had a son named Saul, as handsome a young man as could be found anywhere in Israel. And he was a head taller than anyone else. A couple things I want to make sure you pick up on right there. Saul is a good-looking guy. He is tall. He is your classic tall, dark, and handsome, right? He has got it all going on. And here's what Scripture tells us. He's not the best-looking guy in his family. He's not just the best-looking guy like in his church. Saul's the best-looking guy that could be found anywhere in Israel. When Saul would enter a room, this song would start playing. I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. Yes, I am. Yes, I Saul had it going on. Verse 3. Now the donkeys belonging to Saul's father, Kish, were lost. 
And Kish said to his son, Saul, take one of the servants with you and go and look for the donkeys. So he passed through the hill country of Ephraim and through the area around Shalicia, but they did not find them. They went on into the district of Shalim, but the donkeys were not there. Then he passed through the territory of Benjamin. Can you read that last part with me? But they did not find them. Later on in that chapter, we discover that Saul and his servant, they had been looking for these donkeys for three long days. Three days of up early, late to bed, walking, looking, calling these donkeys. Three days of chasing donkeys. Come on, I lost my wallet one day on the trip. I looked for it for about 30 minutes and I was frustrated, okay? Come on, we don't like to lose things. We don't like to have to search for things. That is frustrating, right? That's frustrating. And here is Saul, and for three long days, he's out in the woods calling these donkeys, looking for them. And finally, finally, he gets to the point where it's just so frustrating. And it looks like this menial task. That's the other thing. Here's Saul. He's a son of the house. His his father is well-to-do. He could have sent a couple servants. Instead, he sends a son. Saul knows he's, he's handsome. He knows all these things about himself. And so I'm sure as he's out there, this feels like a menial task. Dad, come on. I'm just out here chasing donkeys. Here's the first point I want you to see. Here, here's the first thing I want you to know. We all have times where it feels like we are chasing donkeys. Every single one of us, we all have times where it feels like we are chasing donkeys. I'm talking about those moments where something's going on and you're thinking to yourself, I was made for more. I mean, God, I really thought my life would look different. I really thought it would be just better than that. I I feel like I'm made for more. You know, I think about you moms out there. I can't tell you how much just appreciation I have for moms. You, you ladies, you wake up early, you're late to bed, you make the meal, you go do the grocery shopping, and, and you, you wash the clothes, and you do a lot of these things. And, and for a lot of moms, here's kind of the cycle that happens. You get the dirty clothes, you wash them, and then you dry them, and then you fold them and put them away. And then when you go back to the hamper and look, what is there more of? Clothes. So you have done that before. And in, in, in some cases, it just feels like, man, I'm just chasing donkeys. It feels like I was made for more than this. I, I think about for some of you at work, right? You, you, you've worked hard. You're trying to advance. You're, you're trying to do all these things. And yet, it just feels so unfulfilling. It's like the boss won't give you a chance. It's like you can't get beyond where you, you just feel Stuck. I'm seeing some heads nod. You know exactly what I'm talking about. It feels like chasing donkeys. I'm talking about menial tasks. I'm talking about it, it feels like somebody else could do this. It feels like I was made for more. Here's the second thing I want you to see. What feels trivial is often providential. What feels trivial... Well, it feels like, oh, it's just no, it's no big deal. That's not a big thing. It is often 
the providential hand of God. It is God placing you and shaping you and putting you exactly where he wants you to be. I think about for Saul. For Saul, he's chasing donkeys. This feels like any other day, right? Oh, it's just a Monday on the farm. The donkeys are loose. I got to go and get them. That's just what we do. We do whatever dad tells us to do. But what he's about to find out is that this seemingly insignificant circumstance, missing donkeys, is actually the providence of God. And Saul's life is about to be forever changed. Let's look at it. Verse 15. Now the day before Saul came, the Lord revealed this to Samuel. Let me just pause right there. If you're new to church, if you're new to Christianity, so this happened in the Old Testament. Okay, this happened in the Old Testament. That is before Jesus. And once Jesus came, everything changed. I'll explain that to you. So back in the Old Testament, if you wanted to know, hey, I'm thinking about doing this or I've got this plan, I'm, what you would do if you wanted to check with God is you would go to the prophet. And God would speak specifically to certain people. It was his prophets and prophetesses. And if you wanted to know if an idea or a plan was from God, you would have to go and speak to one of them. But now, because of what Jesus did on that cross, because Jesus came as the son of God, but because he lived a perfect life while he was here on this earth, he never sinned, he never did anything wrong. Because of what Jesus did on that cross, he died a criminal's death. And in doing so, he took our place. See, in the Old Testament, when you sinned, when you had done something against God, for there to be remission of, of sin, there had to be the shedding of blood. And so you would bring a lamb or a goat. You would bring the prescribed sin offering to the temple and it would get slaughtered. And that animal had to die so that you could be reconciled to God. But because of what Jesus did on that cross, because he lived a perfect life, he never sinned, and he died on that cross in my place and in your place, because of the shedding of his blood, now no other sacrifice needs to be made for sin. We just need to accept the one and believe the one that has died for us. And because of Jesus, now you don't have to wait until Sunday morning and come pray with me or Pastor Jim. Now if something's on your mind on Tuesday afternoon as you leave work, you can go directly to God. Why? Because we have a bridge to the Father and his name is Jesus. Anybody grateful for Jesus in the house? So we live since Jesus. We live after Jesus. Obviously, this happened before. And so in that particular time, you had to go to Samuel. And so God revealed this to Samuel, verse 16. About this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him ruler over my people Israel. He will deliver them from the hand of the Philistines. I have looked on my people, for their cry has reached me. When Samuel caught sight of Saul, the Lord said to him, and it was easy to see him because he's a head taller than anybody else. He saw him and he says, this is the man I spoke to you about. He will govern my people. What's so cool is put yourself in Saul's place. So Saul still thinks this is about some missing donkeys. He comes up to Samuel. He's like, hey, uh, question for you. 
looking for some donkeys. But what he's about to find out was that the donkeys were simply the, it, it was simply the, the direction. It's simply what brought him to this moment of providence in his life. It's just what brought him to Samuel. God in his providence had already decided that Saul was the one to be the king. Now here's why I bring that up. That's good news for you and me. Because sometimes in, when it feels like your day has been derailed, you know, we talked about that earlier, my day's derailed. Sometimes when it feels like your day has been derailed, it's actually God getting you on his track. It's actually God lining you up and divinely positioning you exactly where he wants you to be for what it is he's got purposed for you. I want to read to you a quote by Pastor Erwin Lutzer. Here's what he says. Let me encourage you to take those if-onlys, that if only I would have met them sooner, if only I would have gone to this, that school. Let me encourage you to take those if-onlys and draw a circle around them and then label the circle the providence of God. The Christian believes that God is greater than our if-onlys. His providential hand encompasses the whole of our lives. Not just the good days, but the bad days too. We have the word accident in our vocabulary. He does not. Can I tell you something? That ought to be a relief to every single person here today. That ought to be a relief. That There has never been anything that has happened in your life that God watched from heaven and said, Oh, Didn't expect that. Oh, I need to do something about that. There's never been a single moment that everything that has ever happened to you, God will use it and God can use it to divinely position you and divinely bring into your life the things that he has for you. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever had a chance meeting? I mean, you were out on the golf course and you just met a guy or you were at the ball field or you were at the gym or, or you were somewhere and, and you just bump into somebody. And, and, and in a little while, that person ends up becoming kind of a big part of your life. I mean, it was just a chance meeting. Let me correct us in our thinking. That is actually not a chance meeting. Actually, what that is, is that is a providential meeting. God brought us together and we didn't even know it. Let me tell you about a time when this happened to me. It was almost exactly five years ago. It was five years ago. We were getting ready to launch the Mount Olive location and, and our Goldsboro location pastor at the time, he was going to be out. It was the first or second week of August. I can't really remember which right now, but I'm telling you, it was right around this time. And, and it was like very quickly he had to be away and it was last minute notice and pastor Andrew would you be willing to preach for me and I thought man you bet because I'm getting ready to open up this location and I'll, I'll take it I'll be happy to and so I get there that day and and as I'm preaching there is a lady in the second row and I'm telling y'all she was just sobbing <laughs> side note we can see you. We can see you up here. 
<laughs> Some of you kind of dozing or picking your nose or whatever, like the pastor knows. I just thought I'd let you in on that secret. So she's sitting there and she's sobbing. She's right about where this lady is right here and she's sobbing. And during the sermon, I couldn't help but think the whole time, I am so sorry, I'm bad at this. Your pastor will be back next week, hold on. And she comes up afterward and she is so excited to talk to me and pray with me because here was the reason for her tears. She said, excuse me, you don't know me. You're never gonna believe this. My name is Sarah, and I'm from England, and I could tell by her accent. I mean, it was, which she probably knew I was from North Carolina by mine. <laughs> but she's telling me, she said, I, my, my, my son, I'm dropping off my son this weekend at the University of Mount Olive, and he's on scholarship. He, he's on scholarship to be a javelin thrower. And I have been so concerned for the past few months because, you know, I, I just, I'm leaving my baby boy here in America and he's in a whole other country and he's an ocean away. And, and so I've been praying for him. And she said, this morning I was at the sleep in in Mount Olive and I'm eating my little continental breakfast. And she said, God spoke to me just as clear as a bell. And God said, I want you to go to the bridge church this morning. And, and What's wild about it, she said, I hadn't even planned on going to church. I had planned, I was going to do my devotion this morning, and then I was going to go spend the rest of the day with my son because I'm getting ready to not see him for several months. And, but God spoke to me as clear as a bell, go to the bridge church. And she said, so I bring it up on my phone, and I'm like, look, God, there's not a bridge church in Mount Olive. Like, he didn't know that. <laughs> she said, look, there's not one. He said, I want you to go to the bridge church. Now, here's what's amazing to me. I'm not normally in Goldsboro. She wasn't planning on going to church. When she brings up the GPS directions, it doesn't bring her here, which is the bigger location, which is the one that's been here longer. I mean, just a lot of reasons why you would think it would be. It was the Goldsboro location's address. And so she's there that morning. God told her to go. And she's like, what in the world? Why am I here? Well, I am opening up my sermon, and I had not even intended to say anything about Mount Olive because we had been talking about it for like a year at that point, and nothing had happened, and we were so close to launching, and it was like, what update can I give? And yet, here's what happens to us pastors. Sometimes we open our mouth, and it's like, we're getting ready to launch Mount Olive. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that, you know, and so that's just what kind of happens sometimes. And so I say that. And she is just in tears because she comes to me afterward and she said, you don't know this, but for the past six months, I've been praying for my son. I knew I was going to leave him in America and he wouldn't know a soul. And I wondered if there would be a church close enough for him to attend, a church that was good, that, that preached scripture, a, a church that he would be interested and engaged in. And, and I just wondered how that would work. And he's an international student, so he doesn't have a car. And can he get to church? And how's it going to work? She said, for months I've been praying, and Pastor, what I'm realizing in this moment is I've been praying for your church, and I've been praying for you. She said, I, I really want to introduce you to my son before you leave. So, so before she left, we met. I met Jono. Here was the cool thing. For the next two years, he was a big part of the Bridge Mount Olive. 
For the next two years, he would bring other athletes, other track and field, other people. He'd bring them to church. God moved and God used Jono in amazing ways to help us get established as a church. Well, he was there for two years and then he, he left. And here's the cool thing. So he goes on to Missouri. He's going to further his education. He's going to keep going. He meets a girl in Missouri. They're married. He's doing well. And oh, by the way, on July 4th, he preached his first sermon at his church. Yeah. All because, just rewind in your mind real quick. Remember what happened. She was sitting and sleeping in Mount Olive, eating her continental breakfast. And God said, I want you to go to the Bridge Church. That, that whole kind of stream of events. Guys, it's at this point in the sermon, I know what you're thinking. Pastor Andrew, that's great. I'm, that's cool story about Jono and Miss Sarah, and I'm really happy for you. But what about me? How do I know when the trivial is actually the providential in my life? How do I know when God is moving that way in my life? And so to answer that question, I want to bring us back to the text. Verse 27, verse 27, as they were going down to the edge of town, Samuel said to Saul, tell the servant to go on ahead of us. And the servant did so. But you stay here for a while so that I may give you a message from God. Hey, hey, Saul, I need you to stop. The servant can keep going, but I got something that God wants me to tell you. And if, if, you're, if you're hustling and bustling, you're going to miss it. If you're doing other things, you're going to miss it. I, I need you to stop. I need you to be still. Here's the third point for you this morning. A fresh word from God is how we move from donkeys to destiny. Or if I could just use the language from point number two again, a fresh word from God is how we move from trivial to providential. Samuel says, Saul, I got a word for you, but you got to be still in order to hear it. Hey, I've got some good news for you this morning. God's got a word for you. God's got a word for you, not just for Saul, not just for Sarah, not just for me. God's got a word for you. How do I know that? Because if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're a child of God. Come on, parents, you know the thing you want most for your kids is you want them to have direction. You want them to have clarity. You don't want them wandering around going, is this making my father happy? Is this pleasing? No. God's got a word from you for, for you. But here's the thing. In order to hear it, and I'm just going to steal this. I, a long time ago, I heard a pastor preach. I, I wish I could remember his name. He talked about how to have an effective, quiet time with God. And here's what he said. Two key elements. And I think it goes against everything in our culture. Two key elements. In order to have an effective, quiet time with God, it's got to be unhurried. And it's got to be undistracted, unhurried and undistracted. I mean, think about it. Doesn't that just make sense? Think about what you want from the people you love in your life. You want time with them, don't you? My mama called me up a couple years ago, about two years ago. She said, Andrew, listen to me. I know you've got kids 
And I know you've got a church. And I know you've got stuff going on in your life. But you are my son. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. I'm listening, mama. What you got? She said, I want to spend some time with you every so often. And we don't have to schedule it. It doesn't have to be a set thing once a month or anything like that. But I want some time with you. What was she saying? I want some unhurried, undistracted time. It's the same thing our Heavenly Father wants from us. A time where we say, and I know mornings are busy and you got stuff going on. Maybe every day won't be like that. But if you're going through a week and there's not a couple days where you can spend some unhurried time with God, maybe, you know, on on some days you got to pray on your way into work. I get it. But if that's the norm and not the exception, we're too busy. If, if we go into our prayer closet and our phone is right there, ding, buzz, ding, buzz. Unhurried, undistracted time. I love what God does next. So Samuel knows, hey, this guy Saul, he doesn't know me. He doesn't know anything about me. So here's what I need to do. I need him to know that what I've just told him, that he's going to be the next king of Israel. I need him to know that that's right. And so I'm going to give him some confirmation. So this confirmation comes in chapter 10, verses 2 through 4. It says this, Samuel tells Saul, When you leave me today, you will meet two men near Rachel's tomb at Zelzah, on the border of Benjamin. They will say to you, the donkeys you have set out to look for have been found. And now your father has stopped thinking about them and is worried about you. He's asking, what shall I do about my son? Then you will go on from there until you reach the great tree of Tabor. Three men going up to worship God at Bethel will meet you there. One will be carrying three young goats, another three loaves of bread, and another a skin of wine. They will greet you and offer you two loaves of bread, which you will accept from them. Again, all of that. I mean, it goes on for another couple verses. Now, as you read that, all of that looks like, why do we take time and space in Scripture to see all that? Because if Saul had left that day, if he had just headed back home, and he would have just seen one guy with some goats, one guy with some bread, one guy with some wine. He wouldn't have thought anything of it. There was nothing abnormal about that. Oh, that's just trivial. No big deal. But because Saul knows it's coming, he sees it. Samuel had told him, this is what you're going to see. This is what you're going to experience. Saul comes to it and he's like, ha, ah, you're the goat guy. You're the dude with the bread. He told me this was going to happen. And because all of those things checked out, Saul knew what he told me about my future and my destiny. That's true as well. So guys, and I'm walking away from my notes. I'm closing, I promise. If I could... Like, just give you one thing. Here's the thing I want you to leave here knowing. It's that God has a purpose for your life. God has a plan for your life. And and that often the reason why we miss out and it feels like we're just chasing donkeys and we're just doing stuff and life's coming at us so fast, but we don't sense God in it is because we have not taken the time to spend with him 
to get that fresh word. We're just seeing it all as trivial, and yet there is the providential hand of God in our lives leading us. And here's what I'll say. The first and best decision you could make is to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. I'm going to pray with all of us, but we're going to have some people down here in the altar who will pray with you. If you want to make that decision today, you can make that decision. You can get that straight before you leave here today. Here's what I want to pray for the rest of us. I want to pray for us that we would hear that fresh word. That we would spend that unhurried, undistracted time with God so that we can know his will and we can walk in it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, <clears throat> it is really amazing when we hear stories like this about Samuel and Saul, just how you can guide us. For, for, for Saul, the way you got him where he needed to be was a circumstance of missing donkeys. I, I think about for Jono, you directed him into his future by speaking to his mother. And God, my prayer is that more and more in the days ahead that we would be so open and we would be so attentive to what is it that God is saying to us? How is it that God is leading us that we would see these stories? God, we witnessed it yesterday in Kentucky. A precious couple who we just had a conversation with and it, it, it led to us being able to minister to them in a way that left them in tears. God, it's just amazing how when we are open and receptive to what it is that you have for us, you guide our lives in ways that we never would have been able to think of or imagine, but you're just that good. God, you have a future for every person in here that is so much bigger and better than they even understand or realize. God, my prayer is that you would open their eyes to that, to your providence, to your direction. God, that we wouldn't spend the rest of our days chasing donkeys, but that we would spend it on purpose for a purpose. God, that is my prayer for every person here, all that are watching online. I pray in Christ's name. And everyone said,